Hey, now it's time to talk about the Mets. Welcome to another team profile and projection on Talking Baseball brought to you by DraftKings. My name's Jimmy, his Jake. Trevor's here, BBD's here. The Mets, the amazing Mets. What an offseason they had, Jake. Truly one of the biggest, most impactful offseasons a team has had in probably 40 years, 20 years. The Wilpons are gone, and who else is gone, and who else is coming? Jim, you got to believe. That's what they say, and man... They lost a lot of guys that I I can't even paint the whole story. I'll tell this part of the story. Ahmed Rosario uh, and Andres Jimenez out of town. You saw them playing some middle infield. We'll circle back on that in a minute. Steven Matz, they loved him for a while. He's gone. Justin Wilson, the veteran reliever. Wilson Ramos, oh, thick king. He's out of town. Michael Waka, Ross Moreras, Todd Frazier, Brad Brock, Jared Hughes, Rick Purcello, Eduardo Nunez, Robinson Chirinos. Ioannis Cespedes, that era ends, and Rene Rivera. That's a lot of Major League guys, but I'll tell you what. They brought in a lot of Major League guys. How about Frankie Lindor, the all-world shortstop, uh, the new pride of the Mets and the, the who they got in that trade. They also got Cookies Carrasco. Just announced he'll start the season on the IL, but hey, weird year. You're going to need innings wherever. He'll be back. How about James McCann? Early signing in this free agency, the second-best catcher on the market. It's going to be interesting to see his output this year. Taiwan Walker late. There's some more bullets for you. Trevor May, Trev's guy, Joey Lucchesi, my paisan. He'll be twirling innings. Uh, Kevin Pilar, Albert Almora, Yamamoto, Aaron Loop. Is he playoff Aaron Loop? Jose Martinez, he's got a knee thing. He'll be out for a little bit. Khalil Lee in the minor league. Sean Reed Foley, Tarpley. Couple other guys, man. The Mets. Uh, I, it starts with Lindor. It starts with Lindor, and they might start out their lineup with Lindor. Trev, I mentioned before we went on air that I was going to be pretty mean to this team, and now that I've gotten to the lineup, I can't be mean to this team. Back. Oh my god! I walked it back as soon as I went Instant. down one through nine for these guys. It's a damn good lineup. You mentioned James McCann. He comes in. He kind of settles that position for them. With the backstop, he's got it with the leadership skills. The guy can hit a little bit too, though. Don't forget about that. Then we got Pete Alonzo at first, Jeff McNeil at second, Francisco Lindor bringing his talents to what is it? Flushings? Flushing. Queens? Flushing. Queens? Flushing. Singular. Like a toilet. Whatever. He's bringing his talent to the Mets. (laughs) There you go. How about that? It's huge. Third base, J.D. Davis. Left field, Dominic Smith, who broke out last year. Had a decent 2019, but really did it in 2020. Center field, Brandon Nimmo. And right field, Michael Conforto. As you go down this lineup, there ain't many holes in it, Jim. But what about that pitching staff? Well, they got probably the best pitcher in all of baseball leading the way. Jacob DeGrom. I said probably there because I think some people will fight you. Uh, me personally, I think he's the best pitcher in baseball, and it's not close. Jacob DeGrom is the ace. And then it, it then Strowman's the number two. Cookie Carrasco's hurt now. He's going to start on the IL. Thor, uh, Noah Syndergaard, starting on the IL. And it, it gets, you know, they picked up depth. They have Taiwan Walker, um, you know, David Peterson slotted in here. Lucchesi. Lucchesi. How do you say it? I think it's Lucchese. Lucchese. So they, so that's the 
rotation, which, you know, if you have Cookie Carrasco and Syndergaard, it's really, really good. And maybe they will get there at the back end of the season, and then it'd be really, really good. Um, bullpen. This has been the nightmare for the Mets for a while now. They did a lot to shore up their bullpen. Uh, Diaz is returning. They brought over Trevor May. Castro's there. Patances they brought over. Uh, I mean, both those guys came last year. Familia. He's still around. Loop. They brought him over. He was in the World Series last year. Getting outs. Who's Jacob Barnes? Barnes. The old... Uh... Cleared, claimed him on waivers. And he's looks to be in their bullpen. This team's pretty good. Pretty good. I think the rotation... Uh, with Carrasco out, I think the my brain changed on the rotation a decent amount because with Carrasco out, you could be very glad with Carrasco in, you could be very glass half empty, half full, and saying like, well, Noah's going to come back and fill this baby up, and we got Degrom, Syndergaard, Carrasco, Stroman. That's a hell of a one through four. And now if Carrasco's out and Thor's out, then, you know, you really have DeGrom and Stroman, and Stroman looks good in spring, and no one's more confident in themselves. But he he still has to kind of prove that he's the number two for a contending team in a, in a way. I think, I think that's his mission. So the Carrasco thing just kind of, kind of changed my mind on their starting rotation a little bit. They got depth, which is really good. They brought in Walker and Lucchesi. And and if they didn't make those depth moves, it'd look even uglier. But um, yeah, that changes the way I think about it. It goes from half full to half empty. In my brain. Luckily for luckily for Carrasco, it's just a hamstring strain. Yeah. Um, so I think he'll he'll be fine. He'll be back in the rotation. And he. I think by May he could be back. That'd be fine. I think earlier than that. I mean, give these guys a couple weeks with the treatment that they do now. You know, if they want to be really careful of him and make him go throw some minor league, minor league innings, which they might do, then yeah, we're looking at late April, early May. Tom, uh, Noah is kind of the wild card here. I think they go as far as like he'll let them go. If he comes back, and, and we'll just say that Stroman, Cookie Carrasco, and Jacob Degrom are doing their things. If Thor comes back from TJ, and this is a big if because it's hard to come back that first, especially that first year. If he comes back and, and can be a dominant pitcher like he has been, then we're like, this is a this is a real deal. Pitching staff, ball club, the ceilings, the World Series, all that stuff. Until I see that, I can't I can't put my I can't put them in the same tier as the teams that we're gonna do above them. Well, let's. That's uh, I said I was gonna be mean to them, and that's kind of that's as mean as I'm gonna get. Well, let's, because I I think the pitching really is the conversation, and I I say that in a good way for the hitting, because they're hitting, man. You can get lost in great. that pretty quick. So, uh, here's what I'll say: I'm not too worried about the Carrasco injury. Like I said, I think teams are gonna be juggling innings all year, so it not being a serious injury, um, you I think you almost have to shrug it and be like, okay, well, you know, we lost, we lost. 25 innings in April, who's going to replace him? Okay, Lucchesi, you're up. Like I, I think teams are going to be playing that game all year. Seth Lugo's hurt in their pin. He's a, he's a really important part for them. He'll He's supposed to start throwing around opening day, so hopefully that'll start the bodies coming in for them and they, they don't have more injuries. You, you do start getting nervous when they start to add up. And, yeah, it's, it's come the end of the year. I mean, are we looking at Jacob DeGrom, Noah Syndergaard, and, you know, 
Carrasco slash Stroman as your one, two, three, whoever had the better year. Because, yeah, I mean, that's a one, two, three. And you guys know I've kind of given my speech on this before. I'm in on Taiwan Walker. Uh, this guy's 28 and played a lot of major league innings. And he we, we interviewed him on here, and he's starting to get more into the analytics. And, like, I, I just think with that experience and what he now knows about himself – a guy who's already had a solid big league career don't don't be shocked if he if he has a really nice year for them so um and the bullpen has always been uh kind of as metsy as it getsy i like the talent down there where we now biasly love trevor may but he's a guy the analytics and a lot of other things like edwin diaz was back to being lights out last year so hopefully he gets off to a good start and you can just call uh you know 2019 uh, just a, a no good, very bad year, but um, and some heartstrings tied to Batances and Familia Loop Castro. Hopefully, you could get a couple of those guys to have a nice year. But all the pieces are there, and then man, it's uh, it's how much does that give you? Or do they, do we talk about them as elite pitching staff, a good pitching staff, or a an okay pitching staff compared to the rest of the league? Still above average, uh, top five. Easily, pitching uh, staff as a whole. As a whole, a baseball season's tough. Like, let's yeah. see how the injuries play out and stuff. There, there's very good chance top they could tier. be a top five. Yeah, top tier pitching. Staff. Um, and I, I think that brings us to the hitting. And Trev, I love what you said about McCann and Giolito. First thing after his uh, no no gave him love. And hey, if you're getting White Sox, James McCann, holy smokes, he's at a 800 OPS over a little over a full major league season there in the past two years. Uh. Detroit, James McCann, uh, couldn't really hit. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what kind of start he gets off to. Because, um, you know, they, they gave him a little bit of a bag. They're expecting him to hit a little bit. And, man, up and down this lineup, there's dudes. And, and you know, I think a lot of time we get caught up in culture, and we did this last year with the Mets. We were saying if their team name wasn't called the Mets, we'd have higher expectations for them. If there's a guy that can kind of break the mold for you and get rid of all of that, it's Frankie Lindor with the smile, with the glove, switch hitting in the middle of that lineup. Um, you know, Nimmo gets on. Conforto's kind of underrated at this point. Alonzo's been a monster. Dom Smith was kind of a breakout guy. Jeff McNeil, all he does is hits. J.D. Davis, like, that dude hits too. He's got an 800 OPS. So this lineup is so very real that, man, if it, I'll say, if all of this comes together, when we start talking about best cases, I mean, the Mets' best case is up there with a lot of, you know, the top couple teams in the league. It has been for a little bit. That's the weird part. I mean, in 2019, the Mets – had DeGrom, Syndergaard, Wheeler, uh, Mats, who wasn't – he kind of showed himself that year, make 30 starts each. Yeah, That was like the dream for them. They traded for Stroman uh, to come over. And their lineup, eight of their hitters were above average, according to OPS+. It was the bullpen that doomed them in. But, like, they had talent. It was always that storyline of, like, how are the Mets going to beat themselves? And you're hoping with new ownership and Lindor and actually – a good bullpen, or at least on paper, they like did a lot to correct this bullpen. It all comes together, and there's some fun baseball happening in Queens. But the lineup won't be a problem, and those guys hit. They, last year in the shortened season, they had eight guys with a above-average OPS+. plus. So eight, eight of their nine hitters were above average. I mean, Dom Smith had a 169 OPS+. plus. Conforto did his thing. He had a 412 on base percentage. 
Brandon Nimmo had a 400 on base percentage. Like they they were like top five in uh, offense, a lot of offensive categories, right? So the lineup, it's sneaky. I don't think, um, besides Alonzo, I don't think they have many household names yet. Like McNeil, I don't think has taken the rest of the baseball world by storm where they're like, oh yeah, that dude's good. But when you look at it, you're like, oh yeah, that dude's fucking good. So yeah, Lindor and Alonzo. For- well, Lindor, I was looking at the 19 yeah. rosters where he was out there. Obviously Lindor, yeah. Lindor, they said they're going to slot him in at the two-hole because he's a switch hitter. Yeah, Trev, I guess you're – you. I heard you played Major League Baseball. When you look at this lineup, what what's your kind of composition? Because I, I mentally said Lindor first to start this all out because he did that for a lot of the Cleveland teams. Here they kind of got him two-hole. Do you – do you really care? I know it gets overblown in a lot of these conversations, but there's there's a lot of ways you could juggle it. Yeah, you know, I don't know, man. I think I always liked having a set lineup and let guys know where they're going to hit. That doesn't happen much anymore. Um, and I like having your best hitter three, but a lot of times that doesn't happen anymore. I think that two hole, you, a lot of times you slot your best hitter in. That's a, that's a different game than I came up in. But, I mean, you could really – Slice this bad boy up anyway. This is a great lineup. This is what I'm most excited for on this team. And obviously, Jacob DeGrom is Jacob DeGrom. I think we have... This team is exactly where they need to be. They're not at the top tier for me. Like, there's a top, clear top tier of teams, and they are not in it. And they need some things to go really, really right to break through and get to that tier. Like, right now, if you ask me, what are the, what are the World Series uh, chances for this team? I'd say... It's, it's not great. And I don't know what Pakota has them ranked as and what chances they've given them, but I just, man, I love the lineup and that's kind of, and I love Jacob DeGrom. And I think the rest of the team is pretty damn good, but I just can't, in my mind, I can't see them breaking through that. And I know they got Lindor. I don't know, man. I, I, my mind's spinning with this team a lot. I, I think that there is talent, but I just don't think it's enough to break through. I mean, you're talking Braves, Dodgers, Padres, Yankees. I just don't think they, even even the White Sox. I don't think they're on the same tier as those teams. Yeah, and it, hopefully they prove me wrong. The NL East, man. I mean, that's 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 kind of the thing that's overlooming this this whole thing. The Braves have been dominant, and it's they haven't gotten worse. Like their young guys are getting older. They they've added some bodies. I mean, the Phillies hired Dombrowski, and and they've made their moves. This division is going to be brutal. And it's the thing that scares you with the Mets because, like Jim said, you know, they had a team with starting pitching and hitting as, as recently as, you know, 2019, and it, it got them to 86 and 76, which... Which got them? Nope. Third place in the division. Third place. So that's that's the fear factor. I mean, it, it is crazy looking back that Brody Van Wagenen was the GM. Mickey Calloway was the manager of that Mets team. So hopefully we talked about energy being a, a real thing. Hopefully we've got some better energy in there now. And, hey, Frankie Lindor, man. I think the other thing when you reference those old Mets team, I was thinking about the bullpen being a disaster and the defense, man. That defense was tough. You got McCann and Lindor helping out up the middle now. Um, you know, Frankie Lindor is a guy who can change games with his glove. So uh, I think you're hoping for that as Mets fans too. And yeah, I get the question really ties into when we talk about these tough divisions is, you know, can can the Mets take down the Braves? And it it is it's tough to picture. Can they take down the Phillies. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, well, I know that you guys Nats. don't feel the same way about the Phillies as I do. I think these te- those two teams are pretty evenly matched. The Nats deserve love too. I mean, there's there's a world where the yeah. Nats click. Fish with arms, dude. What a, that division. Brutal. What the hell happened to Syndergaard in 2019? Schindler. Mets fans, tell me. I mean, you guys. For, we forgot to say this at opening. Mets fans, you know much more about your team than we do. Yeah. We're doing this. We're learning about it as we go. Uh, Syndergaard. I mean, what are those numbers in 2019? They're bad. It looks like his pitch mix, he started throwing a four-seam fastball just as much as he threw his two-seam fastball. And both those pitches got rocked. So maybe his, when he's healthy, he goes back to being a three-pitch pitcher and not so much a two-pitch pitcher. Yeah. Led I, the, I think it's... Led the league in our man's I'm looking at I'm looking at the numbers, and I, yeah, he gave up a lot, a lot of runs, but the whip is still there, and that's comparable to other seasons. I'm 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 a Thor fan, I'm a Thor fan. But it's it's really tough to come back that first that first go round when you come back from Tommy John. You don't trust your stuff, dude. You just don't trust your stuff. So if Mets fans are thinking Thor's going to come back and and he's going to be like a guy guy, I just don't. It's it's not going to happen, man. I've been preaching from anomaly that comes back. (laughs) I've been preaching from that same gospel about Severino and the Yankees. So I agree with you. Never put expectations on guys that are coming back from Tommy John. It's just a fool's the errand. following year, sure. Yes. The but first the, year back. Yes, the first year back. I never never expect that. Like I, I've been saying this about Severino. I don't expect him to be a guy in the playoffs for the Yankees. I think Mets fans should be looking at Thor the same way. Um, but that's just that's how I always think about Tommy John guys. Like Give them, give them the rehab year. They'll get starts in, in, in August and September, but don't expect them to be carrying you. Um, well, maybe we'll see. And Thor's already throwing. I mean, I, I, I'm more of a case by case basis. I don't like lumping these guys. These guys are different athletes. Let's see what you got. I mean, if they're, if you were going to bet on an athlete, uh, that could do it. I mean, Syndergaard's already throwing the pill hard. He's, he's, he's ready. So I, let's see what if he's anything, got. If anything, I'd say that's leans more it scares towards you. I get it. You think fresh. it gets hurt more, but yeah. Hey, it, that guy's a freak. So it's you can't pencil them in. It's for me. It's let's see what you got, kid. You know, I no expectations, but you know, you you want to be Noah Syndergaard. Let's see it. So, hey Trev, how much do you think Pete Alonso saving his numbers in the last two days of the season changes his mind and confidence at all? Like you say, you when you look up at the scoreboard and you see those numbers mm. with. On September 24th, he had a 211 batting average, a 307 on base percentage, and a 739 OPS. He played three more games in two days. And in those two days, on September 26th and September 27th, he raised all of his numbers to a 231 batting average, a 326 on base percentage, a 490 slugging, and an 817. And just three games. That's the shortened season for you. But I mean, his final numbers look pretty good, and <laughs> if they just sat him, if the if like the manager's like, you know what, you've had a rough season. Uh, obviously, this isn't what we wanted. Let's just get you some rest before we get out. And he didn't play those last two days. You'd be looking at we'd be looking at the numbers, being like, man, Alonzo had a rough year. But in those last three games, what, what did he? He went six for nine with three homers. Oof. It's a good weekend. And that shortened season obviously changed all the numbers, like you said. It's it's it is. I mean, 
analytically driven people will say, no, it doesn't matter. Like, look at his exit velocity was the same. His BABIP was way down last year. His walks and K percentage were the exact same. But, but it's the Jumbotron effect, man. If you're looking up at that Jumbotron and you see an OPS in the sevens when you're not used to having an OPS in the seven or you're seeing that batting average down a little bit lower than you want, it makes a difference. So I'm not going to sit here and say that it doesn't make a difference because it does. I hey. think that if you... I think that if he went back and looked and was like, okay, yeah, the the numbers that we're used to looking at don't look as good, but they would be touting all those other numbers I just said. Yeah. Like the exit velocity was still there. The WOBA was still decent. It was the BABIP. So he had a little bit of – he was a little unlucky. That's what he'd be hanging on to, but now he doesn't have to do that. So I do think that there, there's a factor in that for sure. And but he's he, a confident guy. You know what Gator Pete would come back with? He'd say the past two seasons, which we've been doing with a lot of guys, combining 2020, 2019 and 2020, he's led baseball in home runs. 69 home runs, second place, Eugenio. So he's – Pete's tasting himself, wearing the shades, keeping it sexy at first base. He's ready to go. Is Dom Smith going to play the outfield? They've got him penciled in at left field. The bat's cool. The side-by-side of him and Barry Bonds having the same swing is pretty cool. I mean, it it feels like when you tune into spring training games, I know Lindor's over there, but he's new, it feels like Pete and Dom's team. Feels like those are the top of the dugout guys. Those are the guys yelling, having fun, uh, involved. And they were competing for like a position at one point, so that's pretty cool. Um, Dom Smith the past two years 139 games so essentially a full season 299, 366 and 937 OPS a 150 OPS plus that dude figuring it out. I think he's figured it out at the play he, I think he's kind of known or maybe I thought he was too known in our area but if you're looking for a breakout guy that, that might not be known nationwide across baseball I don't think he is no but he should be yeah Here's the thing that they're going to have to struggle with all year long. All year. You put them out in left field, and you got – you said they have Alberto Amora, and they got Pilar. When do you sub him out for defense? And and do you, knowing that his spot in the order might come back up? He's that good of a hitter, but he's also – kind of that poor of a defender where you're – Pitchers are hitting, so you just make it part of a double switch and – Everyone gets subbed out all the time. But I, I think part of that, the Mets depth, as you just nibbled into, Trev, PR, Almora, two guys that are, are kind of known for their defensive prowess. You've got some juggle Would there. you call him PR? Pilar. Well, he saw I VR like right next to him, so I think he combined. <laughs> yeah, I could have also, I could have been jumping to VR. I think you can say a hard L. You can say a hard L with that one. Got to be careful with him. Pilar. Villar, VR. Jonathan VR, an underrated signing, man. That guy plays all over. He's he, with them? He, Yeah, Trev, he's on the bench. I like that signing. He racks like up signing. war, man. He can play all over, switch hit for you. Guillaume, our guy. This team has depth. Um, So I think, like you're saying, when the injury bug does strike and when they're doing double switches, all this, McNeil, he can move around. Uh, this team's got some versatility to it that um, – I, I think that's a good what to watch for in Mets fans. Like, what's the closing lineup? Like, when it's when it's the ninth inning and Diaz comes in, who are, who are the super subs to lock at home? Because, yeah, there's there's still question marks defensively. J.D. Davis, Dom Smith. Yorme um, and uh, and uh, Pilar, just throw them in that. If, if, I'm, running, if I'm running a team, I, I want that shutdown defense, defensive, like, alignment in the ninth it's inning. It's cool. I want that. Yeah. 
It's always fun. So I think they're going to roll with it. Any prospects coming up for the Mets? Let's see. Um, man, Mauricio, Ronnie, he's he's young, young shortstop. He's I was going to ask you guys this question. Kind of a decent segue since they got a young shortstop coming up. Uh, sure. You know, fairly soon. What are the chances they sign Lindor to the extension? I don't think Lindor's going to sign an extension. I think he wants to go around town and get his champagne bottles and get his face put on scoreboards with other jerseys on his body and be the bell of the ball and, and be treated to, to everything. And he deserves that, and anyone that wants to do that deserves to be able to do that. So I think they'd really have to wow him. Like, really so what's wow the him? Chance that they, what's the chance that they trade him this year? Say, say, and Annalise is brutal. We mentioned that. Can't. And they're back, and you think no chance? You can't. You can't because you have to try to extend them. The best way to be able to extend them is to have the longest time to be able to talk to just him. Right? You only got through the World Series, right? Yeah. But, I mean, instead of trading him in August, gives you all of I don't September. Mean to be a, I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer for Mets fans that are listening to this. But I, there is a scenario where Francisco Lindor gets traded. I don't uh, think so, be, man. With, it'd be something. With how the wild card is set up, I mean, things would have to go so awry. Um, hey, if they if, if they somehow were awful, right? Like if – or the Braves and the Nats were so good or Phillies, whatever. I, I don't think this is going to happen. But if there was some way where they were like, shit, we, we, we might be sellers, not going to happen. They got people. They could trade Thor. They could trade Conforto. They could trade Lindor. They can trade Stroman. But, again – not gonna happen. Yeah. This team's pretty good. No, I'm out on that. I think they're good too. I'm just there is that scenario that that could come into play. How about Tommy Hunter non-roster invite Trev, your boy, Hildenberger, like another Twins great, Blevins, Viscaino. Okay, so they got a little bit of NRI depth going on. I Jordan Jerry Jer- Blevins was like 60 years old. He's still playing. Jerry Blevins, 37 and no a half. Offense, baby. Jeremy, is Jerry or is Jerry? Jerry. My bad. You're Hit. good. Jerry Blevins sounds like an umpire. Does. Yamamoto, Sean Reed Foley. Here's Max's fun stat. First baseman Pete Alonso recorded the second hardest hit ball in all of baseball and the hardest hit ball in the NL last season. 118.4 miles per hour double off Oliver Drake. Hardest hit ball in the NL. Okay, I was going to say, because Stan hit one 121. Meanwhile, his... First base platoon, Dominic Smith, has 43% of his batted balls register on StatCast as a sweet spot hit. Mm. Wow. Those guys are good. The DraftKings over-under is 90.5. Whoa. 90.5, huh? I mean, in the NL East this year. Golly. 90.5. That's a big boy number. So they won 86 in 2019. Yep. And uh, the Braves won the division with 97. 90 games. In 2018, the Braves won the division with 90 games. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I don't, I don't Mets fans aren't going to like this, but it's under just cuz of the division, man. Okay, what if I read off their April for you? It's we're all going to go under because they're going to be playing great teams. What if they're playing and with really Carrasco? Easy, what if they're playing really easy teams? They're does not. Change they play in the East, man. 
Trevor, you're going under? Two unders in a row? I am going under. I told you guys I'm I'm iffy on I'm iffy on it. I think, you know, it's a good team. It's there's a lot of good players on this team, but like you guys talk about Minnesota in the playoffs. Like I just need to see it. I need to see it from this Mets organization. Sure. Nats and the Phillies, then the Marlins, then the Phillies, then the Rockies and the Cubs, then the Nats and the Red Sox. I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna go under as well. Ninety. I mean, what did you think the number was gonna be? Eighty-seven. Yeah. Just because the division, I think, is gonna beat up on each other. Like, I mean, obviously, I think this team's good. There is like a, I don't know, just a energy and like, is it changing? Did Cohen change it? Because like we said, 2019 Mets had the four pitchers that they wanted. They had the hitters going off. Bullpen blew it, and they finished in third. I'm 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 under it, and I think if even if they have a good season, it's still going to be under. If they if they live up to their expectations, I I, I, I see them. If they had Car- if they had if Carrasco wasn't injured to start the year and no it's and Syndergaard wasn't coming off Tommy John, I'd I'd like it a lot lot more. I mean, a healthy Syndergaard, big time game changer, is a big time game changer. Guy's got a career three three one. Don't know how long Carrasco's going to be out either. I don't think it'll be that. I read May, but yeah. you never know, hammies. Um, no, that's just a high number. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, Mets. I like this team, and I I actually very much hope I'm wrong because I hope Yankees and Mets in this city people are going absolutely nuts. But ninety in that division, that's just that's a brutal task. That's a brutal task. All right. Goodbye. Go Trevor May. Go Trevor May. I like your team, Mets fans. I like your team. Not that much.